In this edition of Locked On Capitals, your Washington Capitals fall in overtime in the first preseason of the game. Let's talk about that game next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we're going to talk about how the Capitals took on the Sabres today in the first preseason game of the year, and they fall 3-4 to four in overtime. Now, it's, you know, not, it's important to not put a lot of stock in these games because, you know, the biggest thing about preseason games is just to assess talent. So we'll talk about some of the bright spots in the game. Later in the show, we'll talk about Connor McMichael and how he is fighting for a job on this team. And then to follow up the show, we'll talk about some of the highlights in the game. All right, so just to get it going here, your Washington Capitals fall by a score of three to four. And it was one of the games that, you know, like I was talking about there, it, it's more about assessing talent, especially in the early part of the season here. There were not a lot of veteran players uh, out on the ice there today, but the biggest thing is for the Capitals to kind of, you know, assess who is going to fit where. Uh, one of the things that Brian McClellan talked about is just because you think you know where these players are going to fit in the lineup doesn't necessarily mean that that is where they're going to play. You know, ostensibly, it was supposed to be Dylan Strom as the second-line center, but it does appear, you know, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it does appear that Connor McMichael is going to fight um, as hard as he can to find a spot on this team. Is he going to challenge Dylan Strom for that second-line center position? I guess that remains to be seen. You know, I guess the good thing about Dylan Strom um, and Connor McMichael is that they can both play center and wing, but um, Connor uh, McMichael is talking about that he almost prefers to play center. So um, it is going to be interesting to see how everything shakes out. Um, we also got a good opportunity to, to get a good look at Zach Fucale uh, and Hunter Shepard. And uh, I mean, ultimately, I think that they played okay. Um, you know, if you take a look at it, it was uh, some pretty much rookies of the cap Capitals versus pretty much rookies uh, of the Sabres. So again, it is the very first uh, preseason game of the season. And as you know, as the season uh, preseason progresses, you're going to see more and more veterans uh, out on the ice. But just to kind of take a look um, at who was on the ice and who uh, contributed on the score sheet was Anthony Mantha, who got a goal. Um, 
and Connor Sheary and Joe Snively. So Joe Snively showing up um, and, and scoring a goal. That is a good thing to see. You know, Joe Snively was one of those players that kind of, you know, to a certain extent kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, he was called up based primarily um, out of injury to another player on the team and kind of came up and impressed, you know, and he was one of those players that's from the D.C. area and has a long history uh, with hockey in, in the area. So it was good to see the hometown kid uh, get on the score sheet. Um, Joe Snively, he is another one that is going to be battling for a job out there. And, uh, you know, if you take a look at it, there's not a lot of spots open on the roster for the Caps. Um, if you take a look at it, you know, that they went out and they picked up Connor Brown to pick up for Tom Wilson's spot. And then you pick up Dylan Strom for Nick Backstrom's spot. So ostensibly, that is where those players are going to be. Uh, there are some questions out there. There are some spots. I'm not saying that there's no spots, you know, for example, fourth line left wing, especially uh, since Carl Hagelin's out. So there are some players that are going to fight for that. Some people say that it's going to be Connor McMichael on that third line or excuse me, fourth line left wing. I guess it remains to see how everything shakes out here. But like I say, it was a great opportunity to kind of assess talent, you know, just right out of the gate to see who was showing up and who played well. Um, it was good to see Connor Sheary out there. He is, you know, a real um, Swiss Army knife. He'll play on any line and he won't really uh, complain about it. You know, and that's one of the good things about some of these younger guys. And, you know, uh, he's not one of the youngest guys on the team, but he still is in that younger class uh, that can kind of fit in where you need him. And then to just take a little bit closer look at the net minding, um, Zach Fucale made 15 saves on 17 shots and Hunter Shepard made nine saves on 11 shots. So you know, just kind of taking a look um, how they played out there, you know, kind of, you know, par for the course, kind of consistent uh, with the with the other players that were out on the ice. But, um, you know, this is one of the things that was talked about is what do they have in the tank in net as far as the depth chart is concerned. So now we can kind of assess and see, you know, who would be a good, you know, potential number three. We know it's going to be Darcy Kemper as number one. We know it's going to be Charlie Lindgren or Chuck Lindgren as number two. Who is going to to fill in and be that number three netminder when injury strikes or whatever the case may be. And, you know, I would love nothing more if for the entire season it was Darcy Kemper and Chuck Lindgren. And I'm going by Chuck because I watch all the player interviews and that's that's what everyone's calling him. So it, I'm going with Chuck Lindgren. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, that's what I hope. I hope that 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 is going to be the tandem throughout the season. But if there's one thing that you noticed, especially with the Pittsburgh Penguins in the playoffs last year, is that sometimes things don't always go to script and you have to go open door number three. And you better be hoping that whoever's behind door number three um, is a, a good candidate and ready for the job. And, you know, just, you know, again, I don't want to get ahead of myself. This is the first preseason game, but I, I do believe that Zach Fuqua will be the number three netminder uh, for the Washington Capitals. And then down the chart from there, you have Hunter Shepard uh, and so on and so forth. So forth. You got Clay Stevenson. And, uh, you know, those players are a bit further out. But, you know, the one thing you can say about the Capitals is that they always have a really strong uh, and, and full pipeline, you know, uh, most notably in net, but also uh, in some of the different uh, positions there as well. All right. So after the break here, we're going to continue to talk about the Capitals game. Get a little bit more in detail um, as to what happened and what we can expect Wednesday as the Caps have their second preseason game. We'll talk about that next.
Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted more energy. I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I wanted to see what the hype was about. Now I've been taking it for a few months and it doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It kind of has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to taking each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. And I personally use it because I have young children at home and parents out there, you can relate that you need that extra your energy. It's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good, supports better sleep, quality, and recovery, supports mental clarity, clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. So what's the importance of a multivitamin? Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's the one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. Your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so vital. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Habit. It's cheaper than getting all these supplements separately. It is the one thing with the best thing. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional science. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are going to talk about the first preseason game as your Washington Capitals fall in overtime to the Buffalo Sabres. And again, just to start it off, don't take too much stock into these games. It's about assessing talent. Who are these players? Who are some of these young players? Where do they fit in? Um, just taking a look at the score sheet and telling you who played in the game. So, it was Hanalt, Pilon, LaPierre, Dowd, Mantha, uh, Suzdalev, McMichael, Shiri, Snively, Leeson, Protus, and Hoffer. And then uh, the defense was Gustafson, Jensen, um, Iario, Krebs, Faravari, and Haas. So just taking a look at it, there were not a lot of veterans out there. So again, that was the name of the game is just to assess talent and uh, to kind of see what which one of these players has a potential of maybe cracking the big team. All right, so just to kind of break it down a little bit more, this was uh, on uh, caps.com. The caps led in the first three periods, and Buffalo led briefly in the second frame and Sunday's exhibition opener between the two teams. But Washington lost its hold on that third period advantage, falling four to three to the Sabres in overtime. Buffalo's Jack Quinn nodded the game uh, three to three on a power play score with 65 seconds remaining in regulation and Vinny Hinestroza won it for the Sabres at the 115 mark of overtime. And just watching this, there were not a lot of different 
uh, places to view this game. I actually, you know, the thing of it is, is I had it set up to view on uh, the streaming service that I had and it didn't record. So I had to watch the condensed game and that is never ideal. But, um, you know, just to, to see, you know, and just briefly, I think those condensed games are about 10 minutes. I think that the Capitals played okay, uh, but there were some kind of loose ends out there. They kind of left some open doors uh, where the uh, Buffalo Sabres had a lot of scoring opportunities, and ultimately uh, that is why they won. Because I think that uh, Fukale and I think that Shepard uh, played pretty well, all things considered, but uh, you know the goalie is only good as the defenseman in front of you. There were some good things, says uh, Caps coach Peter Laviolette. There were times I thought we played really well, and there were times where I thought we needed to have more bite to our game and more compete. It went back and forth in pockets, so consistency with that. There were a lot of things that we did defensively. We shut them down for a while, and then there were a lot of blunders where we left somebody open, like I was talking about on the back door. So there were good and bad in there. We go back and look at it and try to teach moving through camp on areas where we can get better. And that's one of the biggest things is to kind of take these games and watch the tape and go back and say, Hey guys, this is what worked. And this is what didn't work. These are the things that we need to address. And, um, you know, ultimately a lot of this is just trying to build game film and, you know, uh, sources of reference. So you can go back to and say, you in this particular situation, you left him on oh, the back door open or this person here uh, left this, this um, gap open in the ice there. So it's a learning tool, primarily these preseason games. Um, and that's, that's what I'm talking about. You can't take them too seriously. Both teams dressed a plethora of prospects and youngsters and the flow of play went back and forth with both teams holding the upper hand at various points of the contest. Alexi Protus drew an early holding call on Sabres blue liner, Lawrence Plot, uh, putting the caps on the power play at 248 of the first Washington took advantage of the opportunity to forge a one to nothing lead. Eric Gustafson kept the puck in the zone at center point and dished a feed to Anthony Mantha at the right dot. From there, a locked and loaded Mantha drove a one-time blast past Buffalo Netminder uh, to make it one to nothing at 4.15 of the first. And Anthony Mantha is another one of these guys that's going to have to step up in the absence of Tom Wilson. I mean, he's going to have to step up, period. And Anthony Mantha missing from the lineup for the lion's share of the season last year was noticeable. Um, he's one of the guys that's, you know, a little bit hot and cold. If you remember when Mantha came back, he was on a goal-scoring tear and then kind of dipped out there. But he's going to have to become a little bit more of a multi-dimensional player. He's going to have to score goals, of course. But he's also going to have to use that big frame to his advantage. He is not intrinsically a tough guy. He's going to have to kind of adapt that role and kind of just, you know, do what Tom Wilson kind of take on a Tom Wilson role out there because they do need that intimidation factor. They do need someone that is going to, to kind of step up in Wilson's absence. You know, like I talked about, Wilson brings a lot. He's a multidimensional game. A lot of people outside the Capitals organization just see him as a one kind of player, but he's not. He's that intimidator. He's a chirper. He's a goal scorer. He's a leader. That is going to have to take place in all of the Capitals lineup, but I think that players like Anthony Mantha, who have that skill set, who has that body size, um, is going to have to put it to use. 
Buffalo spent more time in Washington zone during the back half of the first period, but Caps goalie Zach Fucale was up to the task, stopping all 11 shots he faced in the first, including a pair of excellent anticipatory stops on which he had to move laterally. And, uh, you know, that's the one thing that I, I noticed with Zach Fucali. And again, it was a condensed game that I was able to watch is when I did watch him play out there. He seems like he made the stops when he needed to make the stops and the goals that were allowed. Um, I don't necessarily think that he was out of position or I didn't really notice um, that he was out of position. I just think that to a certain extent. Uh, with some of them, some of those goals, uh, he was kind of hung out to dry there. Washington wasn't able to cash in on second power play chance midway through the second period, and Sabres took a short-lived lead after Riley Sheehan exited the box of Buffalo after taking a feed from former Caps draftee Chase Prisky. Sheehan gained the zone on the left side on a two-on-one situation. Rather than forcing a pass through the coverage, he patiently waited for the late-arriving Tyson Kozak to gain the zone. Sheehan fed him the puck perfectly, and Kozak beat Fukali with a shot from the slot, tucking it under the bar to make it 2-1 to one for the Sabres at 9-16. And uh, this was one of the games that went back and forth a little bit. I don't think, you know, especially since... The Capitals, and they went to overtime. It wasn't like it was a slam dunk for the Sabres out there. So it was a good battle and a good opportunity to kind of, like I said, assess talent. The the Caps only needed 26 seconds to to respond, and number 26, Nick Dowds, started the scoring play with a steal in the neutral ice. He quickly sent Alexi Protus into Buffalo on a two-on-one, and Protus issued a cross-ice feed for Connor Sheary, who swept a shot over Lukanen. Sheary's goal made it 2-2 at 9.42 of the second. And Connor Sheary going out there and doing what he does well is scoring those great goals. And uh, if you remember to last year as well, he was always a guy, you know, you kind of look at him, he's a bit of a smaller guy on the ice, you know, kind of unassuming, but once you get to know him, you can really see uh, the value of Connor Sheary. And I am so uh, happy that they have him on the line lineup. Hunter Shepard came on in relief of Fukali at 10.04 of the second. The latter stopped 15 of 17 shots during his time in the crease. Local product Joe Snively put the Caps back in the lead early in the third when he tipped home Vincent Iaro's right point of at 4.53. Washington nursed that one goal cushion into the latter stages of the contest, but Gustafson's holding penalty gave the Sabres a late power play. Quinn led the game on a weak side shot of Lukanen on on the bench for an extra attacker, a six on four strike from outside the paint. And, um, you know, just to kind of see, I haven't seen Hunter Shepard play out there a whole lot. Today, so to kind of see him play uh, was kind of too cool to see what he has in the tank. Um, I did see him in his playing days for UMD uh, briefly. And, uh, you know, and I know it's not an apples for apples comparison because, well, let's face it, the NHL is a lot different uh, than college hockey, but um, I do think that he has some potential in the future. Again, I think that Fukale is going to be the number three, and then I think you could put Shepard or Stevenson in that mix there as well. And uh, just to kind of see, to assess talent. And I'm sure that most of these goalies in the depth chart there are going to to cycle through at some point. We looked a little bit nervous, a little hesitant at the start. The first five to ten minutes or so, said Sabres coach. But we obviously finished much more aggressive, much more assertive. And it was very nice to see that. So just good building blocks for the Caps here, we hope. 
you know, that they learned something from that. I do think, of course, it's going to be a little bit of a different lineup on Wednesday, but hopefully they can learn from some of the mistakes that they made and they can get some different looks from some of the different players that they're undoubtedly going to cycle through there. And, you know, hopefully pick up a big win because at the end of the day, while I talked about these games aren't all about wins and losses, it is important uh, to get a win. I think it's good for morale and I think it's, it's just good to show, excuse me, what you have in the tank um, and you, so you can kind of assess this, the, assess the talent that you have on the team going forward. All right. So after the break here, we're going to continue to talk about the Caps and the Buffalo Sabres, how they play today. They fell in overtime, but uh, one player out there in particular is hoping that he can crack this team and maybe a bigger role than he thought. Who is that? We'll talk about him next. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are talking about the Capitals' first preseason game of the year, and uh, they didn't get the result that they want. They lost in overtime, but I again, like I've talked about in the show, it was an excellent opportunity for them to assess the talent out on the ice, see what the depth they have in the net, that kind of thing. But one player in particular is hungry out there. And there, I mean, there's not just one player, but one in particular comes to mind, and that is Connor McMichael, who is looking for a bigger role. He got a taste of it last year. He's done the things that he needs to do. He's put on some weight. He's hit the gym. He's a bigger guy out there. Um, we already know that he had a really great skill set out there. But for him to bulk up a little bit, for him to get that muscle mass out there, it's going to make it so it's going to be more difficult uh, to get him off the puck. Um, this story in Washington hockey now, uh, they were talking about how he is really looking for a bigger role um, and what he's done. He's added that muscle mass and he's ready. He feels like he's a better role. He said, I got really used to the fast pace out there and I know what makes what it takes to compete and battle against the bigger and stronger guys. McMichael said, taking that into the summer, I focused on getting bigger, strong, putting on a little muscle. And I think I did a good job of that. And if you see the videos of him, he does look like that he's bulked up a little bit. And if you, you know, that is kind of the MO uh, for, you know, these smaller guys that get um, into the NHL. If you look at Tom Wilson, for example, he didn't always have that frame or he didn't have that, that mass when he first was in the league. That's when you work with the trainers and the nutritionists and they get you where you need to be. And uh, maybe that is going to help McMichael finally take it to that next step. McMichael is fresh off a rookie year filled with ups and downs while he got to remain at the NHL regular and finished with nine goals and nine assists while uh, also showcasing his quick hands and talent in the offensive zone. McMichael was the win rather at his uh, preferred center position. His ice time was also on the lower end as he averaged just over 10 minutes per game. So now with Nick Backstrom out long-term following his hip resurfacing procedure, McMichael has seen his ideal position open up as second line center, and he's all ready to compete for it. And, uh, you know, like I talked about in the show, and I've talked about through the summer, Dylan Strom is who is penciled in to be the second line center. Is he in fact going to be that? What I think it's going to be is I think that you know, I just let you know, much like a baseball game, um, I think that, you know, they're going to kind of platoon and they're going to to try different players in that position. I think that the advantage 
right now goes to Dylan Strom just based on his history. Um, I guess certain things could change, you know, say he had a really poor preseason, but right now I, I would say that Dylan Strom is going to be the starting second line center. And then if there's any inconsistency from Dylan Strom, you're going to see McMichael kind of work his way in there and uh, see what they have uh, out on the ice at second line center. You know, cause like I said, even if Strom doesn't work out at second line center, he can also play wing. So they will find um, a use for him somewhere. And the one thing I'll say about these players watching these interviews is they have a chip on their shoulder. I was watching the video from Lindgren. I was watching it from Connor Brown. I was taught, watching the one from Dylan Strom. They all kind of have a chip on their shoulder. They feel like they were kind of pushed aside by their former teams and they're itching to prove themselves out there. So that's what I was talking about is this training camp and this preseason is going to be a really battle, I think, like no other my whole life I've played center. That's my a natural position, and that's where I want to perform, McMichael said. McMichael played that role on Sunday as he slotted in between Alexander Suzdalev and Anthony Mantha. He finished the night with solid numbers, having won 7 of 10 faceoffs while managing two shots, a takeaway and two PIM and fifteen fifty-five, while also getting time on the power play and penalty kill. I like both of those roles. I like how the coach are testing me out there, so hopefully... I can stick to it, McMichael said. And I do hope that he does find a role somewhere on this team. I think that what's going to stunt his growth more than anything um, is if he is a healthy scratcher spending a lion's share of his time in the press box. Ultimately, I think that, you know, Connor McMichael would almost be better served to be in Hershey if for some reason he cannot crack this team. I don't think that's going to be the case, but say for some strange reason it is. He needs more time out there, and those players are not going to develop uh, by spending time in the press box. We've brought in a lot of really good players this summer. There's going to be competitions for certain spots. I know it's been a position that I'm in a battle with with other guys, and we know what he's talking about. He's in a battle with Dylan Strom for that second-line center position. And, uh, you know, it is going to be a temporary thing. I think that at some point, uh, probably towards the tail end of the season, we're going to see Nick Backstrom come back, but it's going to, it's going to be a good opportunity for the Capitals kind of to see in the future. Um, we know that Nick Backstrom and this aging core, um, they're not going to be around forever. So after this season, um, you know, I know that Backstrom has, uh, you know, a, a few years left on his contract or so, uh, several years but for the future, we can see who is going to fill that role of second line center. And it very well could be someone like Connor McMichael. So it's always a good thing to have your eyes on the future. So in addition to training with Gary Roberts this summer, McMichael also made sure to work on maintaining his speed. Overall, though, McMichael said that adaptability is important. And in the end, he's ready to do whatever he can to be an impact player for the Caps. He just hopes that, that down the middle of the top six, it's always good when guys can be versatile and play up and down the lineup in different positions, McMichael said. That's something I pride myself on. If I'm a winger, if a winger goes down, I can fill that role. Center goes down, I can step in. I think it's a big part of my game. And that's what I've talked about pretty much all summer um, and last season is that these young players are more, uh, you know, like a Swiss army knife, you know, they're multidimensional, you know, some of the old players that, you know, they could only, or they only wanted to play one position. Like I'm only a center and they kind of drug their feet. If you told them they had to play wing, but um, and, you know, you, you kind of see that with a lot of these younger players that are working up, they're like, well, I prefer this position, but I'll play wherever you need me. And I think that that is a healthy attitude. And I think that though, that's kind of the key ingredient 
uh, to being a successful player in the NHL and in all of professional sports, really. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holney, and I'll talk to you again next time.